Welcome, everyone. This is the second episode of the Million Vegan Grandmothers podcast. And I'm so honored to have my teacher, my mentor, my guru, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, Rabbi Cousins. And today we're going to be talking about how to be 100% successful on a vegan diet. And I'd like to just do a brief introduction, and I know Gabriel would like to share a couple other projects that he's working on right now, but Dr. Gabriel Cousins is an amazing physician, psychiatrist. He ran the uh, Tree of Life in Patagonia, Arizona for decades. So was it five decades? Something well, like quite a while, 30 years. You know. Yes, one of the most successful diabetic programs based on you know his book, There's a Cure for Diabetes. And my favorite books are Conscious Eating, which is my vegan Bible book, and A Rainbow Green Life Cuisine. Gabriel Cousins is a four-year sun dancer and a meditator. And I just want you to take it away, Gabriel, and share what, are, what we're talking about here is healthy longevity and people saying, you know, my body isn't really responding well to a vegan diet, and it's their excuse to going back to eating flesh. And we know that's not true. I mean, I've heard you say last time you spoke to a yoga community that I'm a part of and that you could do like, I think you did 1200 consecutive push-ups that morning. So actually it was 2000. It was 2000 that morning. See, your memory is even better than mine. You gotta get some more spirulina and green juice on board. So I would uh, like you to take it away, Gabriel. Let let oh okay. the other thing that I would really like to share with you is Gabriel is starting a peace meditation every Sunday, and I'm going to have the link in the bottom of the podcast and also on the YouTube channel about that. And we're going to be hopefully sponsoring Gabriel with our um, our great membership that we have in our uh, grandmother community because you know we uh, it's scientifically proven I'll let Gabriel talk about this that when people get together and meditate together the power of the amount of peace it creates within those cities within those communities and within the world is is um is undisputable so thank you Gabriel take it away okay Tammy thank you very much for having me I'm uh, a vegan grandfather uh two children and three teenage granddaughters okay so i can really i like the being able to talk like a great a vegan grandfather but there's a few catches here and one of the things is people think grandfather grandmother i'm getting old i'm getting weak i'm getting frail it doesn't have to be that way we can get stronger and more flexible with age and wiser okay because people say well geez if i had the the body of a teenager with the wisdom i had what a world it would be i've heard that said a few times right and we can have that so the part of it is with the diet now i've been a live food vegan really for for a, a about uh, since 1973. So we can look at that and understand that's 38 years type thing. And so I can speak to it from the direct experience. Uh, my chronological age is 80. 
So we can, I can speak to it from that experience too. I'm not, I'm not theorizing. Okay. So those are some of the things, and I'll just give you an idea. When I was uh, in sixth grade, which is about 12, 11, I could do 61 push-ups. When I was captain of an undefeated uh, Amherst College football team, I could do 70. When I was 60, I could do 601. And as Tammy mentioned, here at 80, I, I'm hitting 2,000. How's that happen? <laughs> I'll tell you that. It doesn't happen by accident. It's an attitude that's most important. And if we look at the different research that's out there, like Ellen Langer's research, and, and they show that when they took people who were 30 years out of uh, college and they, and they started playing they created an environment as if they were 30 years younger. They actually in 10 days grew younger, literally, even their fingers got thinner, uh, pain went away, all kinds of energy happened. So it, it's not just your diet or your exercise, but it's also your state of mind. That's really, really, really important. So I'm just bringing that up to the, the question because the idea is, is to know that you can get better with age. That's what I really want people to hear. And it's true, period. So what I'd like to do just to, to make the point is do a little bit of dancing. A little, spiritual joy is part of the, this attitude that keeps you young. Okay, so we're gonna dance for a few minutes. I and invite you all to kind of dance with me. And if you feel like doing that, and I'm going to Dance, Tammy's gonna put some music on. We'll dance for three minutes and then we'll meditate just for a minute or two, just to kind of focus the mind. I'm just gonna mention, why, why am I teaching meditation in the middle of this talk about, well, I'll tell you why. Because we know that people who meditate for five years on a regular basis have a physiology that's 15 years younger. That's a pretty big statement. Five years, physiology, 15 years younger. And so not only does movement make a difference and exercise make a difference in diet, but meditation actually can create 15 years younger after five years of meditation. That's a huge statement. And that's a physiology that's 15 years younger. So, wow. Okay, so I've just laid out a few things. So we're gonna meditate just for a little bit just like a quiet mind uh, for, you know, a minute or two. Well, let's try. And um, actually I have one correction. I actually was thinking live food person and that's 39. I actually have been a, a vegan for 50 years. Since we're talking about veganism, I just want to make that clear. So, and, and uh, I'm going to say it works. So what makes it work? On chromosome 19, it actually says how much protein, fat, and carbohydrate we need. About 30% of the people need a lower amount of uh, protein, and 70% need higher. Now, let me say what lower and higher means. It's still very low for a meat eater. You know? So it's 35 grams of protein. 
a day for a person who needs not much and about 70 grams, double that, for a person who needs more. But that's way less than the normal meat eater has, 150 grams and so forth. So in a sense, they're both low protein, but the point is we vary genetically and we're not cows who just eat grass. We are different and unique in that way. Now I'm gonna say there's a few other things before we get into the, some of the details. It also varies with age. So when you're a little child, you're gonna eat a lot more protein and you're gonna have a lot more calories because you're growing. Your brain needs uh, support. You have to really eat for your brain. The, the, uh, about 82% of the brain kind of grows in the first two years. You know, It keeps growing until, well, at least you're seven or eight in a certain way maturing. And, and then as a teenager, you need more, you know, more protein in your diet. And then when you're in 40s, people are eating too much protein. And so as a result, you have double the amount of cancer uh, because people are having too much protein. But then in the 60s, you need more protein again. I'll give you, a, this is a personal story. Uh, this is how I actually learned it. So uh, at the age of 65, I was doing 25 pull-ups. And it's like, I, I'm stuck. I can't seem to get any. And then I read about, hey, you're not paying attention. You, you, I need to increase protein. So I took one tablespoon of E3 Live, one tablespoon a day I added, and I went up to 100 pull-ups in about a month and a half. One, that was one shift. So one of the messages, we really need to pay attention to the details here. You really have to think about what you're doing. And that is a, a, a difference to be really successful here. Uh, it, 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 the details make a difference and you have to make adjustments, not only according to your, your genetics in a certain way, but also to your life cycle. Mm -hmm. So at 65, I needed more protein. Not a lot more, but I needed more. So I'm always looking at, you know, what is it your body need at a certain phase of your life, plus the amount of activity you're doing and so forth. But literally in your early 60s, you do start to need more protein. So those are kind of life cycle ways of beginning to understand it. Now, and for me, I found the same thing when I was losing a little bit of energy. All I needed was an extra tablespoon of hemp hearts and a little bit of spirulina every day. That's That was the fine tweak that I had. That was my sweet spot. So when people are thinking, you know, they're not getting enough protein, I'm, they, they get really um, pretty far out into left field thinking about that, you know, especially the people that are eating flesh and secretions. It's a very small amount for the adjustment. For better health and any more right. than what you're saying is cancer promoting is that right it doubles the rate of cancer people in their 40s you know i mean that's a pretty significant statement because they're eating too much protein because they didn't adjust to you're not a teenager anymore well you need more protein okay so i began to look at this whole picture to how do i make people successful 
on a vegan diet, okay? And, and that's where I really got to this. Um, and once you kind of know a little bit about your tendencies, and, and, and on my website, I have a 30 question 30 questions that gives you an idea whether your person needs a higher protein diet or lower protein diet. That's one of the most important pieces here. Uh, and it's called a slow and fast oxidizer. A slow oxidizer is a lower protein. Fast oxidizer is a higher protein. So people can actually get that questionnaire. It's in a lot of my, it's in my books as well. But the idea is just answering 30 questions you can sort it out. I'm just going to ask the, I'm going to just make a, give you some of the questions just to give you a little feeling for it. So if your person has a salad and you're hungry an hour later, you're probably a fast oxidizer, probably need more protein, need more nuts and seeds or other kind of proteins in your salad. If you're like myself, I can eat a salad I only really eat like one meal a day, but if you need a salad, I don't need a lot of stuff in the salad and I'm fine for the next four to six hours. Mm. Why? Because I don't need that much protein, you see. So that's a very easy way to, to see it, just that one question. Um, and the next question is, when you sit down at a meal, what is on your mind? The leafy greens or the nuts and seeds or the other things uh, that you know are more protein concentrated. So you're drawn to what you, there's a tendency to what you, you need. So those are two just really simple ways of sorting out whether your person needs more protein or less protein. So if you can have just a salad and go four hours you don't need a lot of, you're, you're, you're more like a slow oxidizer. And if you need, after an hour or two, you're hungry, then you're probably a person needs more protein in your meal and during the day. So it isn't really super complicated, okay? And I think that's important. I mean, uh, Stanford Medical School kind of sorted out the gene map. Well, you don't have to have your DNA mapped. You can just see. If you're hungry an hour or four hours later. So now that being said, okay, so we, we, we have to adjust the protein. We have to look at how much carbohydrate and fat we need. Now, along with it, and I don't want to get into too much metabolics, okay, because that, you know, but along with it, you, you it turns out that people need a higher protein, need also higher fat diet. Now, higher fat, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean animal fat, which is very high in pesticides and herbicides. It really means um, plant-based fats, such as avocados and olives and things like that. That uh, And so generally, everybody needs a certain amount of that with their diet. Now, some people, I just need like a half avocado a day. It's not a lot. Other people may have three avocados a day because they need more fat in their diet. So there's a certain trial and error in the process. So if your person needs more protein, there's a, it's a big hint that you actually need more fat. Okay. Now, there are other, uh, now we get the carbohydrates. 
it's more complicated because with age, people who are eating a high amount of carbohydrates have a serious uh, fourfold more cognitive decline. Okay, so with age, you, got, you want to eat less carbohydrates no matter what, because your, your cognitive decline is amplified by excess carbohydrates. So that's and another piece. Based on activity level, would you say, Gabriel, like, like the amount, like let's say a long distance runner or somebody that lifts a lot of weights, would, it, would that carbohydrate thing vary on that? Yes, yes, but also the protein varies too. But let's just say, because for myself, you know, I, I'm not a long distance runner. I don't actually lift weights, you know, um, I do what I've always done since a kid. I do push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and, you know, very naturally based or ru the rubber stretching things. So, um, yoga. <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, that's a different set though. There's yoga, there's breathing exercises, and there's, you know, physical exercising. I do all of those, okay? And that's all the variations people need to know. There has to be stretching and then strengthening and, and, and balancing also. Particularly with age, you want to focus on balancing. If you saw me dancing, you see I'm doing things on one foot. And that's the balancing part. And we need to hold that in, in a certain way to, to keep paying more attention to our balance uh, with age. Because there's a tendency to get a little weaker in that area. Uh, if you don't practice, if you don't practice. So, okay. So the carbohydrate, we have to be careful of having too much because that actually lowers your cognition. The, the uh, fat seems to be better for brain function in the long run. Again, we're talking about avocados, olives, and, and different kind of uh, vegan type fatty foods. Um, now, one of the, the really good things about a vegan diet is by eating lower on the food chain, you're exposed to significantly less pesticides and herbicides. Animal uh, fat contains, uh, animal flesh, including fat, contains about 95 to 97% of the pesticides and herbicides because it's higher up in the food chain. So it migrates up. It's still better to have organic, okay? And uh, we try to be as close to 100% organic as possible. So where we live, we've sorted that out. When we're at the Tree Life, we were growing our own organic food. And so it's extremely important in, in terms of overall function. Um, in terms of kids, it's dramatically important. Uh, the research at, at a variety of places, research in Me Mexico, as well as <clears throat> at Appleton, Wisconsin, and the high schools there, kids got organic, they did an experiment, the kids getting organic vegan food at lunch had dramatic improvements in their test scores and cognitive, in their cognitive ability. And when they did that little bit experiment in Mexico, the same type of thing. So pesticides and herbicides are, you know, are 
a benefit of, of not being as exposed when you're vegan because you're eating lower in the food chain. That's a key. But it's best to do organic no matter what. So those are some of the kind of uh, things that need to happen. Now, the other thing is trial and error. I mentioned it's not just oh, you need more protein or less protein. There's a spectrum. And people need to find where they are along the spectrum. And, you know, there's a, a small percentage, maybe one or two percent, who could be fruitarian. People try to do it, they fail, and say, oh, it doesn't work. No, well, it's because that doesn't fit your body type, you know. But everyone, when we apply these principles of individualizing your diet to your life cycle, to your age, and I'll explain another thing about that in a minute, okay, um, and to your genetics, whether you're a fast flow oxidizer, you are able to make the adjustments to be highly successful. And that's really the, the point. There's no one knowing what I know now who cannot be a successful vegan, period. Right. The but one you gotta, thing, go ahead. Yeah, the one thing, and also that I would love to hear you talk about is, you know, even the biochemical uh, alterations that happen the molecular uh, alterations that happen in food when it's cooked. So people say, you know, I don't do well with legumes at all or any of that stuff. But, you know, if I sprout mung beans, for example, everyone seems to be fine with that in salad. But if, they, if they're reactive to lentils and stuff, they don't do well with them cooked. So how that changes for people. So I, one of the biggest arguments I hear from people is that they don't do well with any kind of legumes. So the alternative is sprouted pea sprouts or mung bean sprouts. So I, I would love if you could speak a little bit about that. Okay, well, I do almost everything sprouted if I can, because it's got more energy. Mm -hmm. Totally different reasons, <laughs> okay? But food has energy, okay? And when we eat it, that energy comes into us. So when you sprout it, and I have pictures of how, how it looks, you see this sprout food is just a, a field, a really beautiful field of energy. So I'll do all the, I'll do everything sprouted. Now, the advantage of sprouting too, like with legumes and, and even grains, is you're, it pulls out the different um, digestive blockers that are in some of those. <clears throat> and that's why people have some trouble with, um, with beans because they have things that block digestion. That gets pulled out when you're soaking and sprouting. So, that, so that's an easy solution to that. Um, you so, and you also don't have to cook them. You, you're getting it at, at full energy. But that key is you're, you're pulling out the digestive blockers that are in, the, in them. So just soaking them overnight and sprouting them a little bit, and that takes care of that issue. So it's a pretty simple thing. A lot of these things are simple in that way. And, and, and it's just people have to be willing to kind of, you know, stretch a little bit, to think a little bit about what they're doing to make, to make it work. You know, but the benefits are, you know, you're healthier, 
you, as they say, more flexible, you're stronger, your mind is working better. Everything works better and can get better with age. And that's the beautiful part of it. Um, now, there is a, another system called the Ayurvedic system. And I use that, uh, I, I, I have a diplomat of Ayurveda, and so I, I use that as well. Now, what does that mean? Everybody has a different constitution. In Ayurveda, there's nine different constitutions. But just to make life easier, because we want to make it easier, there's kapha, there's pitta, and there's vata. Kapha is like the elephant. You're big, bulky, you tend to gain weight easily. You hold water, okay? Babies, with all their mucus, they're very kapha. And kapha people do really worse with dairy. So giving kids dairy aggravates and they get the earaches and the runny nose and so forth and so, you know, like that. Now, the pit of time of life is when you go into puberty. So you have the fiery teenager and the sexual energies and things like that. And that is uh, the pitta energy. And then with age, we have vata. So the pitta is like the tiger. And vata is like the thin goat. Okay. So you have to eat to balance that. Now, it used to be People became more violent in their 60s. But as the general health has deteriorated, people are getting violent in their late 40s. Okay. So vata is the main thing, you know, after 40 that you want to be concerned about. You want to eat in a way to balance vata. So what balances vata? Oily foods help balance vata. You know, oil, if you're, you're cold and dry, that's a vata, okay? Skin gets dry, you lose muscle mass, people get cold, a little bit colder with age, you know? So we want to do warming, oily foods, okay? And those uh, help balance the vata tendencies that you have with age. So we put oil on our skin, we eat more oily foods. That's different than when you're in your kapha phase as a child, that isn't as good for you. So we have to understand the, the lifestyles. Now, kapha, pitta, vata are, you know, it really works that you're, you're a kapha, pitta, or you're a, a, you know, a vata, kapha, they're, they're different combinations. There's all three. But I'm making the point that with age, everyone faces the vata forces. And as a teenager, everyone feels that tiger, pitta, sexual energy, all those forces. So they're, they're age-related forces, and we have to eat in a way to balance that. So when you say... Um, quite a few friends of mine and people involved in my, our community is our whole food plant-based. So they don't add any added oil onto their food. Um, but what you're saying is 
maybe at that stage when you, and maybe if you're a vata and you're going into the vata stage you might need a bit more avocado or a bit more yeah seed. yeah right that's what i'm saying and avocados and oils and nuts and seeds right so that's the the point you're going to have more fat in your diet but also people tend to get dried out as a vata and so it's very good to put oil on your skin and that is balancing your 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 whole system so it's good to do that every day if not twice a day depending on your condition so we eat and kind of live in a way that balances that part of ourselves then and so we have to include that to me the healthy longevity includes that part of it you know so uh i think those are like some of the bigger bigger you know uh strokes so to speak and in, in looking at that so do you have any questions before i go a little further thank you no i'm i'm ready my only question was just to clarify because when people don't use added oil on their food that it is uh it might be a little bit on your skin and which i do every day which is very hydrating for me and um and and you know more oil or more oily food doesn't necessarily mean a lot of oily food for one person it could be you add an extra tablespoon of hemp hearts in your diet you know it kind of thing right Right, right, right. No, I mentioned like just one tablespoon of E3 Live and I went from 25 to 100 pull-ups. Mm -hmm. It's not big jumps. We're talking small adjustments. And then we trial and error, we observe it. So you have to be your own little scientist uh, exploring, you know, what really works for you at what according to your constitution, you know, high protein, low protein, uh, kapha, pitta, vata, and your life cycle. We're always having to adjust all these things. So you're just right on the mark. And so it means you have to pay a lot. You have to be a lot more conscious in how you run your life and your, in, in your diet. And this so, is where the meditation <laughs> you know, where we become more mindful of what we're choosing. And, and you often talk a couple of things that you say quite often is, you know, food is our love note from God. And the number one thing to heal is, is self-love. It's, it's like on the top of your list. And so when we are loving ourselves deeply, we are paying attention because we're meditating and we have a physical practice in our life, a physical practice that keeps us fit as we age and strong. And so we notice the, those little things and we notice the difference when we tweak them. Otherwise, yeah. if we're just kind of haphazardly eating, we don't. So it's kind of that call for mindfulness and more mindfulness as we get older, you know? Right. And we're supposed to get a little wiser with age, right? That's part of the program. <laughs> I, I want to go back to a little bit of the diet. Sweet, sour, and salty. Salt is something, a kapha, has makes them retain fluid okay so they can get overhydrated. you mentioned something wrong, but you put things in your, you know on your skin to keep you hydrated so salt uh, i'll explain the different kinds of salt is 
we need to increase that with uh, the more vata we get because salt balances vata. Because vata is drying out, salt helps you retain fluid. Now, table salt <coughs> is really not the salt I'm talking about. We're talking about sea salt. We're talking about what I use is scalar salt, which is 82 minerals. It's been activated because salt is a crystal. Some people love the salary juice. Some, a lot of people love yeah. it. So high in balance, minerals and salt. Yeah. But the point is, we're going to have more salt with age. Um, and that is needed to balance the continual kind of movement towards vata. That's the point I'm making. So, whereas, you know, when you're coffee, you don't, you don't want that much salt. That's so good. Salt aggravates pitta, teenager, but it balances vata. So we're going to add more salt to our food. The best is to get salt with the 82 minerals. The best, since the oceans are pretty contaminated, is to get salt that's uh, mined, you know, like Himalayan salt. Or we, we have a scalar wave salt that is mined from five different places. And so it has a mix of the different energies of the locations. So those are an important thing. The reason I mention it is that we're programmed not to have salt. Oh, salt's bad for you. It's, you know, but no, you need it. And with age, you need more of it. The right kind. Yeah, the right kind, not sodium chloride. That's not really salt. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of keeping that in mind. I stay away from the sea salt also because the oceans are contaminated. You know, um, so, and a little bit of sweet is kind of a, a balancing. Now, when I say sweet, we're talking, you know, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of, you know, things that taste sweet. Um, I'm not promoting glucose and fructose because they actually decrease your brain function. And fructose is literally five times worse for your brain function than glucose. So the brain fuels do require glucose, but it's, it's better from your, your complex carbohydrates, so it slowly goes into your system. So th those are other real considerations, you know, the, you know, the oil on your skin, the sweet, salt, and sour also tasting food. So those are kind of, again, considerations that, that everybody has to balance that. I, because I have some kapha qualities, been a little resistant to salt, but I realized, wait, I, I really need to do this because, you know, at 80, there you're, you're, there's more of a tendency to be more vata. So you want to do counter vata things. You want to keep hydrated. You want to drink more fluid. Um, whereas kaphas, when they're younger, they, can't drink too much because they overhydrate. But mm. vatas need more food. So you move from coffee's having six glasses a day to vata with eight or 10 or 12 glasses of some kind of food a day. 
because you're adjusting. You're always adjusting. That's the key to I diet. There's, there's no set idea to the diet. You're always adjusting. That keeps you kind of flexible in that way. Always thinking about what you're doing. The other thing is quantities of food. Uh, as a hungry teenager, as a growing teenager, you need a lot more food, right? But again, with age, your metabolism changes a little bit. You don't, you don't really need as much. So I really just have, I don't have dinner. I just have a mostly a salad with maybe a little bit of something uh, at lunch. And that's it. And I have in the morning just some things like little cacao and little uh, ginger and things like that. So, <clears throat> so we want to decrease the amount of food we eat because it is a metabolic strain on us. Mm. Um, because we don't need it. And eating at night strains us, whereas you eat midday, that's the pitted time of the day, which is a more active time for digestion. So I basically have my, I'll eat around two, two o'clock, most, you know, one to two. Uh, and that kind of, that's it. Well, I couldn't really do that when I was 30. I did actually need to eat. No, I didn't have the consciousness either, but uh, but I'm advising people to seriously consider eating much, much less food in general, but also really not having dinner. Liquids, soups, you know, cold soups, things like that. Uh, so that's another consideration in the story. Any questions about that? Yeah, that's really important to eat like when the sun is high. Yeah. yeah. When the digestion is working. And I think people have a tendency to eat at night as a way of soothing themselves, but we can do that through yoga and, you know, bathing. And, and meditation, meditation, yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, any, go ahead. Anything else, Gabriel, before we wrap up the podcast today? Well, I'm just kind of summarizing a little bit we're saying we are different constitutional types our dna is different and our diet is really laid out in chromosome 19 so you're not making it up saying a person needs more protein or less so people argue about it no you're this way and that's your constitution you're that way so we we can't try to copy other people so we have a unique constitution <clears throat> In addition, our diet changes with the seasons of our life and also the four seasons. So in the summer, you don't eat really hot foods. You eat cooling foods, that kind of thing. And then it changes with the seasons of our life, as I explained, kapha, and then more pitta, and then more vata with age. So when we kind of put those together, high protein, low protein, the changes, the sweet salt, you know, the, the needing to balance more vata with age, it begins to empower us to be kind of more optimal with it. 
and seeing it as a love note from God, it's a blessing that we have food that we can eat. Right. And, and remember, you can't eat your way to God, little detail. Um, but we want to come to peace with it. See, a lot of people are not at peace with their diet. They're struggling all the time. This is just, this is just part of what you need to do to have high level functioning. And you just get that it's always changing. So may everybody be blessed that we kind of can understand that we're not a bunch of cows and we are unique individuals and we have to work out a unique diet for ourselves, you know, within the parameters we just talked about. So I bless everybody that you are able to take advantage of this advice and this scientific understanding. And I thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you very much, Gabriel. And we will be doing this again sometime soon. Yes. And um, there will be in the link a, um, an, a link for you to join the meditations with Gabriel and also his website. And thank you, everyone, for joining. So the meditations are free. It is about healing the world and shifting the consciousness of the world. So as grandfathers and grandmothers, that's part of the gift we're giving to the world, is the wisdom and the, helping people upgrade their consciousness. So it's almost, I'm gonna say almost a karmic type of, a dharmic type of relationship that, yeah, we're changing the plant, we're waking up the planet. Maybe we weren't so awake before, but now we have an opportunity. So this, this meditation, weekly meditation, Sunday nights at six o'clock uh, Israel time, but this one we're going to do at 5.30, we just one at 5.30, is our way of uh, elevating the, the, the global mind. And the research is very heavy, very strong that shows that we can do it. So it's good. We can even affect the sunspots on the, on the sun. That research is that when people are meditating, the sunspots on the sun decrease. So more sunspots are connected to more social disorder. So it's all kind of really interesting, but we can do it. And it's us grandparents who can really make a difference. Because no, there's not a lot of wisdom coming from too many other places that the grandparents have by our own life experience. So please come to the World Peace Meditation and we are waking up and changing the world. Yeah. Thank you. On that note, we will see you again soon. Thank may you. everybody be blessed and may you be blessed for your good work. Thank you.